The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Welcome to Grace in Focus on this Monday as we begin a new series. Bob Wilkin, David Renfro, and Ken Yates will be looking at the Old Testament prophet, the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. I remember in my younger years thinking that that was the funniest sounding of all the biblical books, of all the names in the Bible. But there is a great message for us in the book of Habakkuk, and I know you'll benefit if you'll make it a point to listen for the next few days as we go through this book. We'd also like it if you'd make it a point to go to our website, that's faithalone.org, to peruse our many resources, books, articles, videos, blogs, podcasts, and we have a cost-free subscription to our magazine called Grace in Focus. I want to keep reminding you these days about our national conference coming up May the 22nd through the 25th. It will happen at a family camp right near our headquarters in Denton, Texas, and we just want to invite you. We hope you'll prayerfully consider coming, especially if you've never come before. You'll really enjoy our national conference. Find out details, and you can register right there on our website, faithalone.org. Now let's begin our series in Habakkuk, Ken Yates, David Renfro, and Bob Wilkin. Take it away, guys. Welcome back to Grace and Focus, and I'm here with Ken Yates and a mystery guest. Who is our mystery guest today? Well, if we tell you, it won't be a mystery. Oh, that's a good point. (laughs) Only the shadow knows. Oh, the shadow is with us. Okay, well, the shadow, he goes by the initials D.R. Or the right reverend. Oh, yeah. Or the right holy reverend. Most holy. The most... Most holy, right reverend. The most holy, right reverend, David R.R. Renfro. (laughs) What's your middle name? Millard. Millard, like like Millard Freeman? Millard Fillmore, the great president of the 1850s. Who's Millard Freeman? But Millard Fillmore was a president. I never wanted anybody to know my middle name when I was a kid because you know what they would call me if they found out? Hi, Millie. Oh. And as a little boy... You don't want to be called Millie. Uh, I wouldn't like it at 70. No. Uh, I had a dog named Millie. You did? did We named her Military Cadet because everybody when I was in the military had military names for their dogs. So we named her Military Cadet, but we just called her Millie. One time I got to meet General Millie. uh, Oh, you did? I I remembered... I was called Millie back in the old days. Oh, that's days. It. wasn't he the guy that was in charge of the Joint Chiefs? He is in oh, charge yeah. of the yeah. Joint yeah. Chiefs. He's right underneath the president. He was out at DFW Veterans Cemetery. My wife sings the national anthem out there on Veterans Day and Memorial Day. So he was the celebrity of the day. I have a picture of me with him. Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of cool. Now, David and I uh, have going back to Crossroads Bible Church and then Victor Street Bible Chapel. We would both speak at Victor Street Bible Chapel. I would generally speak in the New Testament, and David would generally speak in the Old Testament. But every once in a while, I'd pick an Old Testament book and go through an Old Testament book, and David was like, keep your hands off my Old Testament. Was he shaking his head no? You, know, as you, were- you stay out of my Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> David uh, graduated from Dallas Seminary in like 1927 or something, yeah, wasn't it? That's right. First class. First class. <laughs> were you in the first class? <laughs> no, I think you graduated in what? 78. 78. The year I started, yeah. Well, so, you're so young. I'm young. Uh, no, well, I was on staff with crusade for four years after I graduated, and you uh, went right from SFA, right? Well, I had one 
semester off. Ah, so what does SFA stand for? It stands for the name of my alma mater, Stephen F. Austin State University, ah. which we call the Harvard of the Pines. <laughs> now, you're going to walk us through, I believe, a book that doesn't get a lot of attention. Well, that's how I roll. <laughs> In fact, the very fact that it's part of the minor prophets yes. makes a lot of people think they're of minor importance, but they're not called minor prophets because of their importance. Why are these 12 books called the minor prophets? Because they're shorter than the other prophets, the the major prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Isaiah yeah. and I think they even throw Daniel, even though Daniel is about the same size as Zechariah. Right, know, not much difference, right. His prophecies are so profound. I think they throw Daniel in with the major prophets. The minor prophets are incredible. I've done a lot of study in the minor prophets. My master's thesis was in the book of Micah. I just love these things because they, each one of them emphasizes some aspect of God's character. You know, like Hosea talking about love, you know, marry this prostitute, right. but it's a, it's an example of the love that the Lord has for his people that have essentially played the harlot against him, you know. And so the emphasis in Hosea is the love of God. In Micah, it's more justice. Yeah. Every one of the minor prophets has an emphasis on some aspect of the character of the Lord. And of course, they're all historically based. So he, there's this interesting mixture of doctrine and what's going on in the current events of the day. And which that. one are you going to look at in this short series that we're doing? Well, I thought it would be interesting, especially in light of all the current events, to go with, we call him Habakkuk. Now the but he- I've heard other people pronounce it other ways. Yeah, the Hebrew, the way you pronounce it in Hebrew is Habakkuk. Habakkuk? Habakkuk. He's a kook. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine that he would not say the word Habakkuk. He'd say, turn in your Bibles to Habakkuk. <laughs> so he would say it correctly. Yeah, he would say it cor- in And Hebrew. everybody thought he was nuts, but oh, he they, was right. They thought he he was uh, not working with a pearl deck. Yeah. So let's get rid of all the suspense. What is the character of God that Habakkuk. Is that, did I get that right? Well, you have to, you got to start with like you're about to cough. Oh. Habakkuk. 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 So what is the character of God that's emphasized in this book? (laughs) Well, there's several, but I think the, the main one is his absolute sovereignty. You know, that's the thing that gets Habakkuk in trouble is that he, I call him, remember in our series on Jonah. Right. We called him the reluctant prophet. Right. I call Habakkuk the sensitive prophet. Ah. And the reason is, as you're going to see as we go through the text, he's really upset at what's going on. Sure. He's looking at current events. and How can Babylon do this? Right. Right. How can the Lord allow Babylon to do what they're doing? I mean, the rumors, the, the grapevine was alive and well back in the ancient Near East. And when... The Babylonians conquered a certain empire or a city. That news spread like wildfire. So they were well known as conquerors, and they were also well known, as we're going to see, as not very nice people. So the deal is, yeah, the Jews aren't that great, but we're better than the Babylonians. Right. And that's one of Habakkuk's problems is, Lord, why would you use such a cruel people yeah, your people need to be disciplined, but why are you using somebody way crueler and right. more miserable group of people to do that? That's and a that, good point. And so when you're saying uh, both of you, like the Jews weren't that great, 
you're not saying that the Jewish people will not ultimately live godly lives and ultimately live like the chosen nation and the chosen people should live. But what you're saying is during the time of Habakkuk, (laughs) you're putting the emphasis on the the wrong wrong syllable. Okay. (laughs) During that book, they were a very disobedient nation and they deserved God's judgment. And what just blows my mind is when Habakkuk was written, the Assyrians had already come almost 100 years earlier and completely destroyed the 10 northern tribes. This is one of the red-letter dates of the Old Testament, 722 B.C. The Assyrians come, they destroy the 10 northern tribes, disperse them. We never hear the 10 northern tribes ever again, and that was God's judgment on their just absolute idolatry. They had completely polluted the, the worship of the Lord with the worship of all these other gods and goddesses. They were not able to conquer the two southern tribes because the Lord miraculously delivered them. Remember, the angel of the Lord went through the camp of the Assyrians and killed what? A a lot. (laughs) I think it was 180,000. 180,000. And so they were miraculously delivered. So the people in the two southern tribes should have learned their lesson. Idolatry equals destruction. Right. But they didn't. They still polluted the pure worship of the Lord by adding in all these other influences that surround it, cultural influences surround it. I'm glad that doesn't happen in our day. <laughs> no, oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, but the southern kingdom was deported between what? Was it 605 to 586, that time frame? The first forced migration was in 605 B.C. Then... There was a few other waves of migrants, captives, if you want to say, that uh, the Babylonians took all the way back to Babylon. And the, the last one was, and it happened because there was a rebellion of the people that remained in the promised land. Uh, Babylonians came down and completely destroyed Jerusalem in 586 B.C. But it started in 605. Okay, so when is Habakkuk writing? Well, Habakkuk's writing probably, and nobody knows for sure, but I'm guessing around 630 B.C., maybe 635, 25 to 30 years before the two southern tribes are taken off to Babylon, what we call the 70-year Babylonian captivity. But he sees it. Oh, yeah. I he think knows so. it's coming. Well, at this point, I don't think he does, and I'll, I'll explain why right. as we go through the book. But the thing that I think is so contemporary about Habakkuk is he's looking at everything going on around him, what we call current events, and it ain't looking good, as we say here in Texas. He's going, what is happening? You know, we are God's covenant people, and it looks like evil is victorious. Why would God allow this sinful, cruel, miserable group of people to essentially be victorious everywhere they went? And that's really bugging Habakkuk a lot. This is an impassioned, what in the world is going on? And so if your date of Habakkuk is right, then he's starting here a little before 10, 15 years before Jeremiah begins his ministry. They were contemporary. So they may have overlapped. He and Jeremiah did overlap. They had a lot to talk about <laughs> because there's so much junk going on. And we, you see that in other of the minor prophets, why this judgment is coming. And then, of course, then you have the three last books of the Old Testament, which are post-exilic. They were written post-exilic af- means after after the Babylonian captivity. And then, you know, because they were allowed to come back to the land around 535 B.C., 
And 70 years after 605. It's funny how that works. Yeah. So that's what we're dealing with. We're going to be dealing with a minor prophet, a prophet very upset about what's going on. Well, that's very good. And by the way, which are the post-exilic prophets? What are those three? Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Malachi. And what do we all say now? Keep grace in focus. Thank you, gentlemen, for that great discussion. Did you miss an episode of Grace in Focus that you really wanted to hear? Just come to faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We have all our past episodes right there on the site. In addition, we have all kinds of free resources available for you. It's all designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of Scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On this program, we keep our requests for financial partners to a minimum. But if you are interested in becoming a financial partner with Grace and Focus, you can find out how to do that at faithalone.org. Our team is really great about answering questions, comments, and feedback. If you've got some, we hope to hear from you. Let me give you our email address so you can do just that. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And on the next Grace in Focus, we'll continue in the book of Habakkuk. We'll get past the introduction and start looking at the text itself. Hope you'll join us next time on Grace in Focus. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.